You're listening to Telltales, true stories by everyday sailors. Hi, my name's Andy Rice, and today we're going to bring you some stories of adventure and excitement on the high seas. Maybe a little too much excitement in some cases. Quantum Sail's Julie Davidson was at the Newport Boat Show, where she caught up with some interesting people who had some great stories to share with us. So let's kick off with Tim Fitzgerald from Charleston, South Carolina, who got more than he bargained for during the 333 miles Chicago to Mack race. We were sailing on the Benito 36-7 Soulshine in uh, Chicago to Mack this year, and it was the first night anybody that wasn't on the super fast boats was in the middle of the storm, and there's lightning everywhere. And, you know, so we had this kind of phenomenon happening where You'd hear, like, you know, a static on the rig start to happen, and then this gigantic lightning, and everybody ducks their heads, like, turtle shell style, and it goes away for a while. And then it charges back up, and then this happens again and again. Well, after a while, you know, probably an hour in or so, our uh, wind wind direction indicator went out, and we're like, well, you know, hey, guys, shut it off, restart it. And they turn it off, turn it back on, nothing. So uh, we're like, well, that's weird. so say, hey, hard reset the thing, like turn the power off to the battery. And they, they go and say that they do, and we're like, hey, guys, no, turn the battery power off. The instruments are on. They're like, no, like, you want to come, back, come down here and look? The, the instruments are off. The battery is cut. And we're like, well, we got power up here. What's going on? <laughs> and uh, so next morning we see that the instrument's trashed on the top of the mast, and it's, like, melted and stuff. And um, on shore we're talking to the delivery captain and the guys who do these things pretty often they go oh yeah you charged your keel we said we did what <laughs> and they go yeah your lead keel became a lead battery for a while until that energy had a chance to come back out and that's why it was powering your instruments it was connected still with the ground like, oh my god so we were lucky we didn't get hit with the big one but it seems like we got a finger or something and um you know so it's good that nobody died and you know never been hit by lightning before so that was new Well, it's always a good result when no one died and no one got hit by lightning. Now, as we've heard, sometimes disaster's natural, but sometimes it's self-made. And sometimes it happens even to the best of us, as top racing sailor Brendan Scanlon recalls. It's Brendan Scanlon and I am from Jamestown, Rhode Island. Um, Best sailing story I have is second in Apple's Newport race I've ever done with Quantum Sails. Um, (laughs) We were winning the race, and we went to peel to the A4, from the A3 to the A4, and it went horribly wrong, and we wrapped the, we broached and wrapped the kite on the headstay, and we were broached on our side for almost two hours, (laughs) and um, sent a a crew member up the rig on our side in the dark. Um, She's a captain in the Navy now. Um... She, we hoisted her up the headstay, and she cut the sail free and basically saved our lives. Um, At what point did you send her up? Two hours into it? No, it was about an hour and 46 minutes in total, and about an hour in, we realized that we had to, this was the only way. She cut the entire sail free, saved all of our lines. Not a single line was cut. Not a single shackle was lost. Nice. It was um, pretty amazing. Does she have a name? Should we recognize her? Or not? Her name is Mary Cox. Oh, I love Mary. Mary Cox is. She was an ensign then. She had just graduated from the Naval Academy. Um, she's now stationed in uh, in Hawaii. Oh, cool. So that is my all-time favorite sailing story. 
Thank you, Brendan. And an amazing, brave effort by Mary Cox to take on the dangerous work up the rig and complete it with a minimum of fuss. So often, sailing is about how you cope with unforeseen circumstances. And according to Ryan Collins, even the usually balmy weather of Southern California can catch you unawares. Okay. My name is Ryan Collins, and I'm from California. So I did a lot of sailing around Catalina, Santa Barbara Islands, and that's where most of my stories come from, the interesting ones. Because <laughs> every once in a while, the weather isn't so great in California. And uh, it's never terrible, but, I mean, 35-knot winds and 10-foot swells aren't great either. So when you have four people on a 37-foot Tayana, it's a little understaffed. <laughs> and it's kind of hard to keep the boat under control on when the... All the steering isn't so advanced as some of these newer boats. So there we are fighting on the helm with just four people to swap out, and it can be really tiring. And the only person who's really in charge because this student trip was trying to fix the boat as it's falling apart as we're trying not to flip over on these waves. So we actually oh ended up dunking the captain in the water. He stayed on the boat, but the whales were dipped so deep that the water was flowing over him and up over his whole body while he was on the side of the boat. (laughs) And one guy is standing on the wheel, holding it as hard as he can. I'm running downstairs looking for a knife, and one girl is sitting there asking what to do, because she was pretty scared. (laughs) But the coolest part about it was this 37-foot little sailboat gets to roll into Avalon at the end of the day, while the Catalina Express is grounded because it was a small craft advisory. And everyone's just staring at us like, what are these people (laughs) doing out there? There's four of them? But it was a really good day. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. It was a great adventure. Now, for many of us, adventure is what happens to us by accident. Some of us look to avoid it. Others actively seek it out. One of those active adventure seekers is Mark Pillsbury, who thought he'd find out what it would be like to live aboard a boat for a year or 12. Mark Pillsbury, editor of Cruising World magazine, um, from the Boston area, but I live down here in Newport most of the year because that's where our office is. And uh, when I got the job at Cruising World, I thought it would be a little adventure to sail to Newport and live on the boat for a year. And now it's been 12 years. And um, two winters ago was probably the wildest when the boat frozen completely solid. So when the wind blew, we didn't heal anymore at night. But you'd hear the ice grinding against the hull. And um, it was so cold that the harbor completely froze so you could walk out between the marina slips and walk to your neighbor's boats. So that was kind of an adventure. And that was Newport? That was Newport. It's the, it's the only time it's ever frozen. Nice. Um, but most of the time it's just, you know, cold and windy outside and nice and comfy and warm and cozy inside. Cozy Did inside. you say the, the sheets froze to the... Yeah, see so you in the, in the, at night, like before you go to bed, you turn on the electric blanket and you get the V-berth nice and warm and then you turn the blanket off so you're not sleeping in a nuclear <laughs> magnetic field. <laughs> But by the morning time, your body gives off an incredible amount of moisture. So in the morning, you wake up and the sheets and blankets are frozen to the hull. But you're kind of nice and warm in the middle. But it's a, it's, a, it's kind of a different way to start your day, peeling your boat. That's funny too, because I was thinking of a different kind of sheets when you said sheets were frozen. No, no, it's your bed sheets. Frozen bed sheets. Hmm. Not my idea of fun. But well done, Mark, for sticking to his different way of life and sounding like he loves every moment of it. Now, the next story is a little more scary, but, spoiler alert, it does at least have a happy ending. This story is just from when I 
I used to work for a towing company down there, towing and salvage. And I think it was uh, November, so the water was really cold and um, blowing pretty hard. And I have picked, picked the boat up from, I think, Baltimore or something, somewhere up north, and was coming down across Thomas Point. And I noticed something far away, but not in my where I was headed that, you know, it wasn't supposed to be there. I could see it. And I altered my course to, like, check it out. And when I got closer and closer, I noticed it was uh, the smallish sailboat that had capsized, and it was just the, the bow of it poking out. Oh, you know? <laughs> and, and there was, uh, when I got closer, I noticed was, there were people clinging to it. So, got up close, and uh, got right alongside and pulled him on board and the, the lady was like hypothermic and, you know and they were, whoa uh, <laughs> and uh, and I was and I called the coast guard to let them know what was going on and, and they, they they were you know so thankful and everything and they were they had told each other their goodbyes like they were ready to oh my gosh yeah I mean it was freezing cold and you know a lot of wave action and everything yeah and uh and what had happened to the boat or did you uh, find out I think it was just too rough for the small boat you know yeah I don't think there was anything we actually went back later and uh righted it and got got it got it to shore and everything but um and I called on the radio because I had the boat I was towing with people on board and all that and and I, I got another person to uh, meet up with me, some another guy who was out there, um, and came alongside, and we transferred the people, and he ran them to shore, and uh, they had an ambulance and all that come, and so wow. made the paper and all that. So it was kind of <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so super he, cool. He, you know, friends of mine would come up. I heard you save people's lives and stuff. I'm like, sure what? Did. Okay. Yeah, so that it's kind of a sailing story, but as Shakespeare once said, "All's well that ends well," which could also apply to Hank Young's close encounter with the U.S. Navy. I was helping move a boat from uh, the Annapolis Boat Show down to Florida after the season. It was uh, a catamaran. I think it was a Lagoon 42, and uh, as we were about uh, 200 miles—well, not 200 miles—we're off 50, 60 miles off the, the coast of North Carolina. Uh, at night, we saw uh, an aircraft carrier off in the distance uh, and doing night ops you, because you could see the red light from the planes and they would disappear and then, then they'd come back in. And, and I think they tried to contact us on VHF, but we weren't paying any attention, as we, and we should have been. So, you know, after about four or five efforts to contact, and I surmise that's what happened after what else happened next. So, uh, so about five minutes later, we looked to the right and off to the right, there is a helicopter about 150 feet off the water, just hovering, looking at us because we hadn't responded to them. So that that let me know that our naval forces were they were definitely awake, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they probably had the the uh, the ability to probably read the brand of T-shirt I had on too. Hank has another nice little story from his adventures along the East Coast. A reminder 
of just how far technology has come in the past century. Several friends and I were moving a catamaran down to Florida one uh, winter some years ago, and uh, we came out of Chesapeake Bay, and as we were going uh, close to the, the coast, en route to the North Carolina area, we passed close enough in that we could see the Wright Brothers Memorial uh, from, from, from the shore, and uh, it was quite an interesting sight historically. And then about three or four days later, we, because the weather was rather bad outside, we got, went into the intercoastal in the Florida area. And as we came past Cape Canaveral early in the evening, we saw a space shuttle launch uh, and it's, as it thumbered into the sky. And the juxtaposition of, to me, the beginning of flight right. and where we were at that time just really made an impression on me. Talking of flight, before we take wing for this week, Let's finish off this podcast with a heartwarming story of a little stowaway who just wanted a ride back to Newport. My sailing story is about when I uh, was sailing back to Bermuda after the Bermuda 1-2 race. There's two of us on board and uh, I came up on deck uh, to change a watch and I noticed a small little bird standing on the lifeline. And uh, we were three day, still three days, freshly out of Bermuda, two days, three days uh, from Newport. And um, there's this cute little bird sitting on the lifeline. And um, I looked closer and I saw that he had a piece of um, twine wrapped around both his legs, tied them together. So it, it was uh, more like um, a vine more than twine. It must have been in the nest. And so he would every once in a while hop up off the lifeline, fly a couple circles around the boat, but then come lie back down and tire, tired out, flat, land on the lifeline. So um, I got some cereal, put it in the cockpit, and eventually uh, he came down and pecked a little bit of it. And then um, over the course of the day, gained, we gained some trust with him. And he allowed me to um, get real close with the scissors. And I took the scissors very carefully, um, did a couple dry runs. Then when I got it just right, I snipped the, the vine and his, uh, was able to untie uh, the vine off his legs. And then he, he hung out with us for two days. And by the end of the, um, the second day, he was... Um, flying down below, hanging out on the galley faucet. We turned the faucet on for him. He'd drink out of the faucet. And um, he just became the third crew member. He would sit on the wheel. It was on autopilot on the spokes of the wheel. And as the wheel would turn, he'd, he'd be up, going up and down on the spoke as if he was driving the boat. So it was really um, great entertainment. He didn't have a name because we knew that, you know, become more attached and it would become even more, I think, um, heartbreaking to see him fly away, which happened as we got closer to Newport, we were um, four hours out of Castle Hill um, and must be the um, sense of land or the smell of land, but sure enough, he hopped up, got up on deck, hung on the lifeline, and then flew up, flew around the boat twice, and then headed towards Newport. Thank you. And that was it. So that was our uh, experience of adding a third crew member on the way back from Bermuda to Newport. Thanks to Andy and everyone who shared their stories at Newport Boat Show. I hope you enjoyed this week's collection of Telltales and that you'll be back for more soon. Meanwhile, we've got lots more fun things for you on the Quantum Sales website, including a bunch of great tips and tricks by the experts. So please do head over to quantumsales.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook, and Instagram. Well, that's it from me this week, but please do join me again soon for another edition of Telltales True Stories 
by Everyday Sailors.